Good afternoon and welcome to episode 12 of So What's Been Happening, uh, Sunday afternoon, just after five o'clock. Uh, sorry, we had a little another technical glitch like we normally do. Apologies for that. Um, I'd like to bring on uh, a good mate of mine, um, Glenn Curran. How are you, Glenn? G'day, how, how are you? Good, mate. Audio all good today? We had a little slip there. We had a little slip there. Um, I can hear you fine. I might just remove those little babies because obviously they're not working for whatever reason. Beautiful right down the Absolutely. Um, look, to, it's, isn't it great? To, just out of lock-up or uh, lockdown in Victoria, um, beautiful sunny weekend. Uh, gee, I hope this continues for a while. We could get used to this again. Well, it looks good for the next couple of days. But as I said, the joys of living in Melbourne town, lockdown or otherwise, we know we get four seasons in a day. So turn around for 10 minutes and it's a different weather pattern. So I'll just wait and see, I think. But yeah, beautiful morning this morning and lovely afternoon this afternoon. Yeah, it sure is. Um, what uh, what have you what'd you get up to, mate? Um, two days at it, Saturday and Sunday, um, with a couple of days to go, um, leading uh, into uh, yesterday, just went for a walk um, with your goods. Uh, didn't have you didn't have the pleasure of your company yesterday, but got some wonderful texts from you during the day, reminding me what a good tipster you are and what a bad tipster I am <laughs> from a cup point of view. <laughs> and then today, just went to went for a walk again this morning, and then I was over at um, Greensboro Plaza with a cast of thousands, social distancing beautifully. Yeah, right. So tell me, uh, tell me at least plenty of masks were on and everyone's using hand sanitizer and uh, sadly not social distancing, you're saying? Uh, look, to be totally honest, I think for the majority, everyone was doing the, doing the, the right thing. Um, most people had masks on. Obviously, people sitting down over coffee or breakfast or whatever to eat and talk, understandable. Look, most the majority of people are doing the right thing. And I think hence... Another day of a low number or a zero number in cases, which is what we want to keep keep getting. That's exactly what we want to hear. Absolutely. Um, hopefully that can stay for a lot longer. We, uh, I see we, looks like we notched up another donut day, um, as they're calling him now, zero. Um, geez, we'd like to keep this for a while. There is going, as we've said a couple of times on here and also when we've caught up just you and I, there's going to be terms and words and phrases and little things that come out of COVID that we, as much as we might want to hear again, I think we'll hear for a little while. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, it's it's going to be an interesting time, that's for sure. Uh, I just see uh, other parts of the world are about to go into a second lockdown. Um, so we've uh, obviously been there and done that hopefully there's no third for us um you know i think as we discussed glenn i think if everyone does the right thing um hopefully uh puts us in a good place look i think so and that's i know that's simplifying it to the zenith degree but if we try try to do the right thing i think um dashing dan has seen i won't say the error of his ways but We've got ourselves in a pretty good position. And from what I can gather, overseas, a lot of the countries over there who have got a lot bigger population than ours are using using the model that we're using now. Yeah. So it's interesting to sort of watch that and see how they fare. But from our point of view, look, I think we're touch wood heading towards the right area. So hopefully that keeps going. 
Absolutely. Look, there's no doubt uh, we're in the most livable city, they used to say. Um, yep. Let's just hope it can stay like that and we we get the title back eventually. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, we're very lucky. We've got good healthcare system. Um, we've got we've got good people here. And best best part about Melbourne is and Victoria is we've got so many talented musicians here. Um, and I look forward to having a chat to this guy today, Damon Smith. Um I haven't officially met Damon uh, in person. Um, I've seen a few of his gigs, listened to a bit of his music. Um, this this opportunity came through a mutual friend of mine um, who Damon's played with, Dave Cosma, who we had on the show a few episodes ago. Um, Dave, Dave's such a great guy and so generous with his time. And um, Damon, incredible, uh, talented artist. So I, there's so much to chat about with Damon. So I really look forward to, uh, to getting into that. But what I want to do is... Um, is start with i'm just going to hope that this comes up okay because i had a few technical glitches as we do before but let me uh bring this up mm -hmm. okay what we're going to do is uh play this little this little number from damon that yeah, he recorded music. and i wanted to um i wanted to do this via via the the youtube actual clip for it than just uh performing it yep. live or doing something like that because i think it's uh i think it's a really well put together clip so Hold fire on this one. Oh, good. <laughs> Different times, I never thought I would live to be in a lockdown. Second lockdown, I've got to shave my face. I got a big beard and I got long hair from the lockdown. Well, I've been living in my socks and my underpants. A lockdown zombie in the lockdown trance. I've been in the lockdown 71 days, 45 hours, 75 minutes, and 23 seconds. And nothing around here, nothing around here, nothing around here, nothing around here. Well, I'll be shrinking, shrinking, stinking, and sinking down into my hole. I'm like a box getting knocked around and pushed deeper down into my hole. So get your shoes and socks on, everybody. This time you need them. Your lockdown is over. Let's celebrate our freedom. Oh, yeah, baby. I'm celebrating, baby. I'm waiting. For the celebration, baby. Oh, no, 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 no. Ooh, get outside your house. How good was that? Um, absolutely fantastic. I love that, Damon. Absolutely brilliant. I'm not sure what's just happened to Glenn here. Hopefully he comes back on in a second. There he I'm is. Back. All good. All right, mate. I hope you yeah, caught some of that. How good was that? Oh, magic. Yeah, very good. Just had um, a little play with 
sound and my sound and cam while I was listening in. Look, it's it's amazing what you can make out of adversity, and that's everybody in some way, shape, or form has been touched by the adversity of the pandemic. And as we've said numerous times on this occasion, the musicians, the sports people, the general people that we've spoken to, that seems to be the common thing. Life deals your lemons. It is going to drink lemon juice or lemonade for a little while. And that, yeah, that's fantastic. Um, we talk about the classic word. The it word at the moment is pivot. Um, and there's no doubt that uh, Damon's one of those absolute talents that's able to do that. So, look, I'm not going to uh, – there's no good – no one wants to watch watch and listen to us, mate. So how about we bring on uh, – we bring on Damon for, for a chat and, and talk about life with uh, with Damon Smith. Give him a second. How are you, Damon? Great to have you on. Hi. Hi, guys. How are you? Yeah, Damon, very... welcome aboard, mate. Nice to meet you, Glenn, and, and Aaron as well. And, and Aaron, thanks for the kind words. You pretty much said uh, all the right things. That's very nice. Um, <laughs> good man. Thank you. Uh, no problem, mate. There's... Uh, I think you're, you're like most musicians, mate, incredibly modest. But one thing I've noticed is I don't even really know where to start with you, mate, to be perfectly honest. Uh, you're such a wide-range talent. Um, incredible. So let's start firstly with, uh, with the lockdown for you, and then we'll flash back a little bit on where music started. But let's start with uh, the lockdown situation, maybe lockdown one, because I believe there was a, there was a song that you did for, for part of lockdown version one as well yeah the, um so the lockdown happened and we had a whole bunch of gigs um that meaning you know sun rising with dave who you mentioned before um we had some gigs there we, we were lucky enough to do some gigs at the beginning of the year which was awesome um really amazing and then we went in and i have a show called mental is everything which is a show uh that i do with the drummer from sun rising adam and uh it's a two-man show, um, and it focuses sort of on my my uh, dealings with mental health. So <clears throat> it's a bit of a comedy. Nevertheless, we um, we had a really ama amazing tour with that with Regional Arts Victoria that they set up. And of course, long story short, lockdown happened. The first Sunrising gig we were about to do was cancelled, and I thought, oh well, this is going to continue to go on. Um, and yeah, the entire tour for Mental was canned. Um, plus all the little things that we do, the bread and butter, you know, the, the gigs all around at the great venues around town, um, which I do an awful lot of blues train and some stuff in the city at, at a little jazz bar. And um, so anyway, they're all gone. And uh, I guess the, the weird thing with the, the lockdown is at that point, I realized I wanted to stay. Um, I wanted to be present and make sure that I was still being able to um, get my stuff, my stuff out there and being relevant in these times is very important. I think, um, which is what Glenn was saying before, basically it's, um, through adversity and things like that, you know, people come forward and they create stuff and the best art has been created in those times. If you go back to the sixties and the race riots and all sorts of times, we've had some amazing stuff that's made us think. Now, the thing that I did at that point was the toilet paper song and that wasn't designed to make anyone think um and didn't but it was um a little bit of fun and i managed to get into a studio to film that with a filmmaker um and some of the boys that i play with and yeah away we went but we we did the press and everything for that and it hit me hard as it often does because you get when you release something like that you get so much love from people you know because again they 
you know, when Dave releases stuff or I do and people in my network, you you give them the love and everyone's saying, this is amazing, but it's hard to make that translate to the bigger picture, perhaps get it on the project or any of these sort of things, right? So I always try. I always push it. Uh, and it was amazing what came out of that clip because there was a publicist came on board and some other people came on board and said, we like this, let's do something with it. And away we went. Um, and uh, a lot of people were geared up to do it. And it was really funny because someone like Dennis Walter, for example, and some other people, um, they're like, this is fantastic. But then they they actually watch it, right? They read the press release from the publicist and then they watch it and they, they see that I mentioned the word diarrhea. And I suggest that the, uh, the media, you know, the whole point of the toilet paper in the end, why people were hoarding it, because they're actually smarter than us, right? They're not cretins for hoarding toilet paper. They're hoarding it because um, of the the diarrhea, the verbal diarrhea we hear in the news. And it was sort of like, for me, it was a precursor to everything we've gone through, right? The first lockdown, all the stuff we heard. You go back now and say, well, that report was complete bollocks and that didn't happen and whatever. So I thought that was important for me to do it. Um, but, I, but, yeah, the first lockdown after that, um, it was reasonably tough. What's the idiom? We're all in the same boat. You know, that's we all were across industry. And it felt comforting, but it definitely hit me. I was thinking, shit, I had, I had such a great year planned, probably one of my, my uh, better years with music. Um, with music, you're always trying to push through. You're always trying to, to better the last year. You know, not unlike any other business. There's plenty of business business you should do that. You don't want to, you know, do w worse than what you did the year before. So anyway, it all just uh, landed in a pile. But the comfort was that every other person I know is in the same boat, as I say. Um, so that was the first lockdown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, look. Uh, sadly, we had to go through a second lockdown, and and for for reasons we all don't entirely know the full outcome of yet but um in this is a real crazy time there's no doubt um mm. but what i have found out of this is, is we talk about great things come out of adversity during this period and and for us this whole opportunity to put together a video podcast and and this isn't what we do you know we have other gigs we just we just love connecting with people um and basically this this was born out of uh glenn and i going for a walk one day and and doing the classic chat of, I wonder how, wonder how Jono's going or Macca, or you know the old story, right? And we yeah. thought, well, why don't we, why don't we jump on and, and organise the classic word was Zoom uh, these days, and no one knew a lot of people didn't even know what Zoom was um, eight months ago and didn't use that as part of their life, but it's it's became uh, it's became very much part of uh, part of common day life now. So. We not only did we organise a Zoom, but we jumped on. We thought, well, why don't we just jump on Facebook and we'll go live and we'll see who who, who connects with us. Um, yeah. So it was never supposed to go past episode one. It was uh, it was just a bit of fun to jump on and have a chat initially, and and here we are at episode twelve and being able to connect so many different people, um, and it's been great fun. We hope we can continue this. Obviously, our our bigger aim would be once again, to be sitting at gigs with you on a Sunday afternoon. And, and that's that's more what we love, um, to be able to get connect mates and introduce other mates, to especially musos, being uh, one of our biggest loves to watch yeah. live music. And we're so lucky to have that. But um, this crazy time that we talk about um, that is uh, social isolation for a lot of people, um, you'll, you'll – 
you look uh, very much like the creative guy and you are the creative guy, but how have you been able to sit back and um, maybe look at, I mean, we can sit here and talk about what was supposed to happen or we can yeah. sit there and shut it down and say, okay, what can I do about it in my little bubble here? Um, and yeah, and right. I, a lot of people that haven't been able to do that before, sit back and reflect on their life and then what do we want to do in the next X period because we didn't know how long this was going to last. So I'm just really interested to, to find out what you've done, say, in the last maybe couple of months even um, as we start yeah, to, right. to get word out of this lockdown. Um, what's it start to look like for you? Well, the um, surprisingly, you know, for me, it's 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 looking really great. And, you know, when you first have all your stuff fall in a heap, you think, oh, well, what the heck are we going to do now? But you strive to do what you do because for what I do, um, I mean, you talk about music with people and often the reply from people, your butcher or people on the street is, oh, you do music, you should go on Australian Australia's Got Talent or whatever they're called. Or, you sh or yeah, my little cousin plays guitar. He's really great. And it's one of those things that not a lot of people understand, you know, to make money from music or to be successful at it, you, believe it or not, don't need to be at Beyonce's level. You can be a wedding singer and enjoy doing that, and that is your bread and butter. That is your life. You can have whatever you want, just like any other job. Um, so I thought about that. You talk about reflecting. And after that first lockdown, I tried to do so much. And what I worked out is I was buggerizing around with frivolous activity. And what I've worked out from that is that if I do a funny little clip and put that on Facebook and get a bunch of likes and then do something else and, and like the lockdown song, I mean, I put that out uh, in all the right, right channels. And um, I see them exactly the same. And I mentioned frivolous activity, but I had to really understand what it was that I want to do and what I'm going to do. And a lot of musicians or artists, not all of them, but a lot of them, um, when you ask them what their goal is or what they want to achieve, it's an, it's an answer that they, it's so convoluted for them. And um, you don't always get just a response like my wife, for example, which she knows exactly where she wants to go. She has performance reviews with her job. She has bosses. She is a boss, etc. But for us, we're working for ourselves. This is a gigantic, long-gated university degree, and I'm just learning about all that now. You know, I've been doing this for years. But so the second lockdown, um, I got into that with that mindset, and I thought about it a lot, and I ordered all these books, um, and I decided just to slow, and so I did that. I woke up one morning and said to Bren, I'm just going to play, I'm going to play a video game this morning. You know, I love old video games from the 80s. And so she's like, go for it. You've got some work on. So, so I started planning things out, started learning how to better use my time. <clears throat> and, um, and that's sort of what geared me up for next year. And now out of that, I have so much work. I mean, I'm, I haven't actually had time to go and play the video game. I haven't had time to do that stuff. I walked Rosie to my, my seven-year-old daughter who plays drums in that clip uh, that you showed before. I walk her to school, come back. I come into my studio here. Um, I have a blackboard now with all the stuff that I have to do, and I just go and do it all. And um, the opportunities have been amazing. Uh, in a nutshell, because I'm going on like a, like a Hume Highway, is that 
you have to sometimes when you burn a bridge um, and meaning my analogy is no live music, that bridge is gone, but it's amazing what uh, new bridges form under your feet. Um, again, Dave has seen that with his streaming thing. He doesn't sit there and think, oh, what are we going to do, blah, blah, blah. No, no, he's the guy that just goes in and does that and it works. And so I had to really think about what that was because I have a couple of different hats that I wear. So um, it's making sense now. I've, I actually feel better about myself. I'm spending a little less time doing a lot of other things and I'm working at nights now, coming out here. I've been employed by a company to actually compose for them for their uh, live shows, um, and which is just really good because now I have that boss in a way. Um, you know, I've done a, a, a soundtrack, um, or should I say theme, uh, theme song for a Foxtel show that's coming out next year. Um, jingles, you know, which is like digging ditches, you know, as a musician to do a jingle, but it pays well. Um, and the more I worked, the more opportunities came. People calling me saying, do you do streams? Can we have you for, the, for a birthday party? I've done a couple of them now. Um, I didn't want to do them, so I charged way more than, you know, maybe what I should have, and, and they still wanted to go ahead, and that was fantastic. Um, so, you know, you put on a better show and a bit, bit longer. But, yeah, that's where I've been at. And next year there is a lot of things opening up. Shows are being booked. I've got my first show. Well, I had my first show yesterday playing on a, on a street for a Halloween thing, playing drums, and that was um, many atrocities, atrocities were perpetrated with that. But um, <laughs> next week I'm playing the, uh, what do you call it, the Federation Square stage um, there, which will be the first gig. They've asked me to open that. Um, and I'm doing a couple of them. I'm really looking forward to just being on stage with a couple of, couple of players again, socially distanced, of course. They told me I had to wear a mask and I said, um, I can't wear it because it's going to be crammed up your backside. Um, but the the first gig I had on the next Friday, I can't do that because they actually had said no live music indoors. So that was booked prematurely and and we can't do that. But there are a lot of gigs coming up and it's it's really good to see, you know, um, that people are playing again. Yeah. It, it, interesting to hear you say that, Damon, Don't because... It, it, it's funny how the analogy, and, and as I said to Aaron before, as you probably saw, you, you talk about the burning bridge analogy. And look, look, I say it all the time. I've got, um, well, my stepdaughter's 25, so she's a young lady. But my sons are 17 and 17 and 12. And often I'll say to them, don't look at what you haven't got, look at what you've got. Now, yeah. The, what you said then is a perfect case in point. I, I think all of us have been for want of a better word, guilty during the pandemic of saying, I've lost my job, I've lost it. But as you said, you can't go through life whether you're 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, whatever. You're going to burn bridges at some stage, put it yeah. in the memory bank, use it, and at some stage that skill set or whatever or that opportunity will present itself. You've just got to be able to, and the thing I've learned talking to Aaron, as Aaron said, doing the show, put your hand up. Does anyone need me to do something? Yes, I'm yep. a muso, as you said, but I might I might have to be a clown this week. As you said, digging ditches is like singing jingles, but as you said, you can do it, and if someone's going to pay you to do it, well, that's a win-win, isn't it? This is um, right. And, of course, I, of course, I mean that in um, with all due respect to, oh, no, to I understand. that question yeah. because um, 
you know, I've done, I, I've done that before and I will probably continue to do it. Um, and in fact, you know, when you do a record and you put a record out, there's so much work to do to make sure that reaches people. And, and, you know, there's so many people out there doing it. So it's, it's a tough industry as far as that goes. So, but jingles aren't any different. I mean, the jingle continues to come back until you nail the, um, you know, the brief. And um, that's a very interesting thing because, you know, that's sort of why I refer it to digging ditches. It's really, it's such a crazy thing. You continue to labour away, but it's, that sort of thing has always come easy for me. I'm, I'm, one of the attributes I have is that if someone wants a song to sound like crowded houses, blah, 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 then I can do that. And then, you know, because you hear that in adverts, right? So you hear a song, yeah. you go, shit, that sounds exactly like blah, blah, blah. Um, but, yeah, it's not just, uh, you know, they continually send it back and then you go, how's this? And they say, no, it's crap. And then you send it back. And it's, you know, you're dealing with business people that have nothing to do with, with music. Um, yeah. Whereas when you send your record out, you're sending it to often a seasoned professional in the music industry. So when they say they don't like it, um, it has massive consequences. But a jingle, you go, okay, well, I'll just continue doing this until they like it and then we'll get paid and we'll go from there. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's good to hear that because as simple as a jingle can can appear at the end, um, people really uh, underestimate how much work goes into it and how many how many people want to have their say in that respect. So you don't just get free free reign to come up with a jingle and sign it off, so to speak. Um, it's an interesting interesting yeah. to hear that journey. Um, just just on the start of your music career. Um, Damon, where, where did it all start for you and what was the first instrument you picked up? Uh, it was actually a, a drum, a drum, half a, a quarter of a drum kit. It was a snare drum and a hi-hat, what I now know to be a hi-hat stand and, and, a, and a big old ride cymbal or something. It was the most mismatched uh, bunch of percussive instruments you've ever seen in your life. And I just had to set it up and mucked around with it. It was too loud and everyone got angry. And um, so it was, I didn't really continue with that, but it was in fact a snare drum and some other stuff, but um, piano would be the one that, or guitar, but then piano was the thing that I continued to gravitate towards and would just sit at it. And it was really weird. I used to just play notes, which isn't necessarily a chord. It's an arrangement of notes. And I would do that and I would hear, because that sounded, of course, quite mysterious and, you know, and I would think, wow, how good's that? So I'd then run out into the backyard and act out whatever that chord was. So I think my parents noticed that uh, he's, he's creative. He he's, doesn't know how to play, but he's just hitting chords and, um, and understanding what sort of emotion comes next. So from the from the piano, and I'm really intrigued about the piano. It's such an incredible instrument. But um, were you? Who was your first kind of influence as you were growing up and taking on the piano? Um, in a strange way, my sister, because she'd sit there and play, and there was that sibling rivalry. There, I used to look at her and play. I used to see my parents, you know, nod their head and go, "Well, geez, that's pretty good, isn't it?" And I thought, oh, "Look, there's a bit of a tension you can get out of this." Um, so, so funny enough, her, but as far as, you know, musical heroes and stuff like that, anything that was just really um, interesting on a piano, I mean, I've always 
even when I was young, I always used to sort of gravitate towards the esoterical um, and not so much the mainstream. So I would listen to things like Kate Sobrano's uh, Bedroom Eyes, which I just loved. But I would always listen at night when I went to bed between about 9 and 14 at that age to my uh, to the radio and I'd listen to old blues songs and things like that. So it was anything that was interesting on a piano. It wasn't, you know, when my piano teacher, because I had about two or three lessons, she showed me Mary Had a Little Lamb and I just, it just did nothing for me. You know, I did that when I was three or four and, um, and had heard that song. So why is she teaching me that? I want to hear something cool. So I used to just go ahead and listen to the, the fun stuff I'm talking about that I hear on piano, like Jerry Lee Lewis and these players. And I would just be so inspired by that, by that sound. And um, so I would go ahead and just jump on the piano and, and play that. Yeah. But funny enough, I was never inspired to go and play Bedroom Eyes or Def Leppard's Pour Some Sugar On Me, which I thought was awesome. I'd play air guitar to it with my cat actually which my sister thought was funny but i would never ever i would never seek out how to play that ever but i would always seek out the stuff that was really interesting you know to, to me so maybe it wasn't interesting it was just like this skin deep kate sobrano's hot sort of a thing you know does that make sense yep. <laughs> yeah might have might have been um influenced by the film clip it was the film clip 100 percent. you know she's <laughs> up against a a fence and she's kissing this fella through like a, a a fence and I thought wow that's that's amazing you know I can't even find a girl to kiss and this bloke's kissing a girl through a fence you know that's amazing <laughs> don't, yeah, I, don't, I don't think you're the don't think you're the only guy to be impressed by some of Cachabano's film clips there Damon <laughs> no you're right <laughs> um I want to touch on one of your uh, shows that you've got going, and I know you've got a few. You've got so many, uh, so many fingers in so many pies, which is an incredible uh, effort to be able to juggle all those balls. Um, but the the, yeah, the one I really want to no, um, no. But as we get out of lock up um, or lockdown, it's it's going to be interesting to see what challenges uh, we all face and and what comes next. And the the biggest thing that that I think we we can take out of this space is is that. Uh, the mental health component and the support of the mental health network, especially um, we've seen so many people yep. struggle with it. Um, and it's probably so many we don't even know yet um, that have struggled with it during this time. So it's your show is, is so relevant right now as we come out of this. Can we, yep. can we touch on, can we touch on this show? Um, mental is everything. One, what the background is for it and then where, where you really think you can take that show? Because I think it's a, an incredibly important uh, item right now. Oh, I really appreciate that, Aaron. That's amazing to hear because I think it's important and I've thought it's important for a long time. And I've always enjoyed playing in Sun Rising, which I'll continue to do. I, I mean, I enjoy doing all that stuff. But, but being able to do something that can... Um, really send a message in whatever way to people that I think need it. I think society does need to hear certain things from people who have learned experience. I think that's important. And so for me, I, I probably even for a long, long time, I remember I've had obsessive compulsive disorder for most of my life. And when I was diagnosed with that, I went into a, uh, we went to a, a clinic or like a hall. It was down in Northcote, um, it was the Northcote Town Hall. And anyway, there was a whole bunch of people with OCD 
And I just, I just really got that there was other people out there that, that had this thing and that it was debilitating and a lot of them got up and spoke and they, they couldn't even leave the house. But because of medication, they were able to get up there and, you know, people use the word brave, which I don't really like a lot of the time. But, you know, I guess I proved myself wrong because I see these people and they sort of are, they get up there and they're saying, this is what happens to me. So I think from seeing that, um, it made me want to do my own show and that's just what happened. So I got together with uh, a person that has nothing to do with the show, my friend Zach, and he said he just thinks he was he's quite up there in theatre design and he's a producer and he said this is just, it has all the makings of something really great. He loves my songwriting, he always has. So he said just write songs pertaining to all this and it's going to be marvellous. So that's what we did. I got Adam on board, the drummer from Sunrising, and um, and away we went. We did, um, you know, Adelaide Fringe, and we got so many reviews. It was incredible, which, of course, is why you do the Fringe, why you do a certain amount of things. You get the people to come and watch, and you get the reviews, and you get those, in our case, four, and a, four, four and a half, and five-star reviews, and you send them off for your next one, and, and that helps bolster, you know, get more people to your next show. Um, it's sales, obviously, but I digress. The um, the show is is very important to me because I get up there and I can actually be myself. Um, I find it very very hard to deal with so many personalities in the world. Um, I think a lot of my friends know that, but we never talk about it. And I'm not always the person that I am right now in front of you. Sometimes I'm guarded. Sometimes I'm over the top and just a complete dickhead. And I just wanted to get on a stage and Adam's the guy, man, Adam is so transparent that way. He'll just tell you what exactly is on his mind and he suffers from anxiety. So I got him on board and, um, and away we went. And to answer the, the question, which is, it is very important. And in this time for the lockdown and I personally, I took a break from a lot of things the last month or so uh from contact with with people and things like that because i was just finding i've i've known a lot of people um that have taken their lives in the last uh five months and we even had a gig cancelled the week before lockdown because in mount beauty because that had happened to someone in the music community um and it's it had an issue with our gig of course because he would have been working with our gig and um as a sound guy, I think, in that capacity. So that was the beginning of it. And then recently I'm working on this film for, for something and I looked up the person because I'm thinking, this this guy's amazing. I just love what he's telling me in this interview that I did three years ago. Went back to the film and then I'm like, I've got to talk to this guy again. He's brilliant. Looked him up and he's gone. Um, and then on that exact Facebook search for him, I saw a friend I haven't heard of for a long time and I spoke to her in, in June to see if she wanted to have a chat to me about her mental health because she was really struggling. And she took her life. And it was, it hit me like a freight train, like nothing else had. And I just had to pull back from everything because um, I see it all the time. I get on the, I'm on, uh, on the bipolar, I have bipolar too uh, as well. 
very, very, very fun guy I am. So I've got those two things. And so I'm, I'm a part of different uh, groups in social media. And every week people are, um, are leaving the group because they've found it too hard. Um, and I think, I, I think it needs to be spoken about. And, and as I said, Adam's really great that way. He doesn't care talking about it. Um, he's been in that boat. I, I go to that place now and then. Um, I'm medicated, but uh, it's a funny thing. The bipolar thing is, you know, I get triggered so easily by the stupidest things. And um, I want people to understand that, you know, you hear someone say something about, or someone said to me oh, once when I was diagnosed, a very good friend, and he said, um, I said, yeah, I've got this going on, and I played in bands with this guy for years. He's a great mate, and he'd have no problems with me saying this. And he said, oh, well, that makes sense. That would explain why you're such a prick. So I thought, okay, it's a bit funny, and it's a blokey thing, but it's <laughs> that's what people think. The same is with obsessive-compulsive disorder, OCD. Most people don't even know the, what the acronym stands for, and they say, I'm so OCD, but grammatically speaking, you can't be, I'm so obsessive compulsive disorder. You know what I mean? Like I don't even need to go any further with how uh, misguided that particular mental illness is. People have no idea of that particular thing. So it's important. We need to get out there and talk. Um, And uh, I definitely want to continue doing that. Um, And we've luckily with touring, it's been cancelled three times now. Um, this this tour is nearly there's about twenty shows. Now they've got it for March. A couple of the venues are saying we're going to go ahead, and Regional Arts Victoria is saying let's do a hybrid tour, which means they're finding some money now for me to make a a film with a filmmaker about or everything I just said, which will mean yeah. we will do the show, but it will be exactly like this. I'll be talking to the camera playing, talking, gardening, whatever. I want to have it really um, make it as down home as I can so people really get that, uh, yeah, people yeah. understand yeah, it. Yeah, incredible. And um, thanks, for, thanks for being so open, Damon, yeah. with us um, no, in course. discussing Very this. Brave. There is absolutely no doubt you're going to be a fantastic ambassador for the, in that space because you're absolutely right. They are two conditions um, that, you know, that aren't, aren't um, the classic word disability. You, you have the ability and your ability is an incredibly unique talent. Um, it's just things happen in, in, in kind of different ways for you. Um, and, yeah. and out of that and the way the, way the blocks click into place for you, um, you know, it's, it's really incredible to see some of the, the talent you've, you can do and, and how you juggle your time. Maybe, uh, maybe it was one of those blessings that you were, you were given uh, something like OCD to kind of uh, go through and how you sit there and, and manage what you do with your time and, and be able to juggle yeah. so many uh, balls. As you said, it's not always uh, being able to juggle it all um, at the same time. And, and I don't think anyone can do that. But I think um, your ability to do it the way you do it is your unique way. And, I, and we always compare ourselves to other people. Um, and isn't that an interesting discussion in relation to comparisons? But at the end of the day, you're you. And you're the only you. So it's about, um, you know, what, what you get out there for the rest of us to see. And, and I understand that the guarded yeah, nature of, of what you just said um, and things like anxiety. And there's just so many um, uh, sections of that sort of uh, genre that 
that all come under the mental health banner, I guess, at the end of the day. Um, we're all dealing with something. It's just about to what level. And you, yeah. you hit the nail on the head before exactly what you said, that we do need to chat. And we need to chat. And, and this is the reason we put this show together, because you never know who's listening. You never know who listens afterwards. And you never yeah. know someone to say, I'm a little bit like that. And it can help someone. And if, sure. that, if we only ever achieve that, um, we've achieved our purpose in what we did here. And that's, 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 the exactly, that's exactly right. That's the biggest reason to put a sort of little bit on what I said. I actually worked for about 10 years as an, as an integration aid, Damon. So I spent time working with both primary level kids and high school level kids. And it was the greatest learning eye-opener for me, one as a parent, as a dad, all those sort of things, and just seeing. And when I say understanding, I say a very small understanding of what, in say your case, what makes you you. It's, and yeah. the best thing I used to love about it was I'd speak to the, the parents would be wonderful, but I'd say, thank you for telling me about Damon. But didn't mind if I spend five or ten minutes with Damon because Damon will tell me about Damon. And that was the yeah. biggest learning thing for me. And I now use that myself as a parent and when I meet other people. We, we tend to, as I said, we compare ourselves to others, but we are unique. We are similar, but we're all unique. By doing That's this, we've done and speaking to yeah. wonderful people like you. And, the, and again, thank you for the transparency. But we actually are all, as I said, unique, but also very alike as well too. So when you speak yeah. to people, when you get out there and put yourself open and out of your comfort zone, for want of a better word, it's amazing yeah. how many people pick up the phone, send an email, whatever. Oh, yeah, I, I, I hear what you're saying. I, I can relate to that in, in some way, shape or form. Oh, yeah. And then... It's a We've had that word. in the audience. We've had people come up and, yep. and audience members have come up and said, this is my girlfriend and I'm blah, blah, blah. I can't remember uh, the chap's name. Really lovely couple. They said they both had obsessive compulsive disorder and, yeah, they were really into what I had to say. It blew my mind because I didn't think that I was going to be talking to people, exactly what you're saying, people that are, you know, it's not uh, unique just to me. It's also not unique. You have a lot of people say, oh, because you've got these funny little things going on, it must help with the creative side and everything, where it does. But it's not because, it's not why I have it. There's bricklayers that have bipolar disorder. There's, you know, it's it's across, um, across everything. So across industry and across personality type. Um, but it... Cool. It's it's not e when I when I do the bipolar thing, it's not easy because the obsessive compulsive disorder. I've got all the jokes and the gags lined up, and I know that I can take it to a point and be um, comedic with some of the content. And there are going to be people that would think that that is the wrong way to do it, and I totally get that. And I have I have um, I understand that, and I'd, I'd love to have conversations with those people, which I have done. But with the bipolar thing. As I said before, it's when someone is, is you know, caught doing something horrible, um, grabbing a girl off the Merry Creek near us uh, down there or doing something like uh, planting a bomb or any of these, these terrible things, very often, in fact, you know, painfully very often, the, the criminal lawyer will suggest that they have a bipolar disorder. And I don't know why. I could, I mean, I sort of do, but it sends me into a spin 
And that is the thing that people don't see with bipolar. They see me talking about it and going, you know, bloody, this is funny and have a look at that and you little ripper. But they don't realise that um, <laughs> when I'm in the throes of that particular low or high, my family are just, you know, it's just, it can be really bad. And no one no one really knows that. There's There's more content coming out now so people can understand. That's what I'm trying to make happen. But it's also a lot of um, when you put press out for shows like this, surprisingly, you don't hit a lot of targets. Um, we, we put a big press release out for the shows at Chapel of Chapel last year. And uh, basically, we didn't get a little bit of success with our publicist. We've got, we got no success with our publicist. And I do a lot of publicity stuff and have some great contacts as the producer in Adelaide does. We got nothing. And... Then when I released something a couple of months later, I got some really great interviews and stuff. And it was just a song that I wrote, you know, just a song, but that I wrote that had nothing to do with, you know, um, with mental health. So I, I thought that I was doing something that was revealing so much of myself, but yet it was so hard to place it somewhere in the media. And what annoys me about that is that, when you're filling out forms and when you're looking at certain things, whether it's a grant or what have you, you will see that there's particular priority groups um, and mental health is one that people do want to cover, media want to cover it. Um, so I'm not sure. I do have a bit of an issue. I'm not sure why that is, but I think it's because it is a priority for companies to do. They feel maybe a little bit pressured that they need to work with this particular group. And so they, they put people in charge of that and they put money and funding into that. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Look, it, yeah. and I look at, look, I'm 50, so 51 next Feb. You look back to sort of when I was at primary school, secondary school, started my working life and whatever. Somebody who OCD, bipolar, the list goes on and on, it was the difficult conversation, no one to talk about it. And even now, it's a lot more open. It's still that little bit of stigma attached to it that everyone thinks, oh, oh, yeah, that must be hard for that person. And it is hard for that person. But when you actually speak to that person, you then get that little inkling of an understanding of actually how hard it is. I think we like to – we're very good. People are in their core. They do care about other people. So you, think, you see things like telephones and that sort of thing, bushfires. We're good to Absolutely. give money and give care, but when it's unless it's someone really close and near and dear to us, we tend to be a little bit standoffish, and that's where, like, with as and having someone like yourself on, yeah, obviously extremely talented. You got so many strings to your bow, but as as and I said, the heart of the matter you're talking today is what the main reason we started doing this to talk about things that sometimes people don't want to talk about. I love that you're doing this. It's so good. Yeah. You know, because well, you can get people on here from all walks of life and it's yeah. um, you're not seeing this sort of thing even in a mainstream area with the aforementioned project and other things. You're seeing topical, entertaining things. You're seeing uh, left and right politics and what happens. But, but you guys are getting in here and you you guys are knock-around blokes that have jobs, families, you know, you're setting it up slightly clunky at the beginning. We're in here now and having a bloody ripper. But 
I think that's that's the best thing. You know, I talk about an esoterical nature. Not all, everything needs to be seen in front of millions of people and, and up there. This What you're doing is definitely whether there's two people or whether there's 2,000 people watching this at any point, it is brilliant because I'm sure you have all sorts of different topics and people to talk about things and that excites me. You know, I, I love the idea of that. Yeah, good. Appreciate those thoughts, Simon. Um, can we um, can we ask you to to play us something at all? What's uh, is that possible? Have you got sure. something sort of at the moment? Yeah. What did you want to hear? <laughs> I'm not expecting <laughs> you to know my entire back catalogue, but um... <laughs> well, maybe, honestly, um, nothing, nothing. Uh, we're really going to throw it to you to to see what you feel at, Look, at the time because I know uh, I. I I'm not a I'm not a request man to be honest. I, I like to I like to just go with what the what the muso's feeling at the time. So feel free to amazing. leave yeah. it with you. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll, I've got my guitar here, so I'll do something on that. And then yeah, if you beautiful. wanted something later, we can do a piano or something. That'd um, be awesome. But considering we were talking about that mental health thing, I'll do a song that's not from the show, but sort of talks about all that or the latter, or the encompassing, what people are thinking about. Um, yep. It's called right. with the, I think it's called with the strength of a bull. I don't even, it's on my, one of my, my last record I released, but uh, I don't, I should have mentioned before in that first lockdown, I released two records um, and the three film clips over the whole time. But um, I can't, I don't know any of the songs to play, unfortunately. Um, but here's one for you. With the strength of a bull And freshly bottled naivety from you I'd build highways to bring on gravy trains Block out the moonlight let the sunlight through I've taken locks off my doors Cause precious things ain't so precious anymore I'll do nothing, maybe something But I know I'll stick with things I've done before Cause a song for me is a song for no one All I've done before is all that I will do It's suddenly Needed no one All I've said is all that I have And when you gaze upon a wreck You'll see clearly the cause and the effect Repercussions You'll need adjusting. You're an empty vessel filling with regret. A song for me is a song for no one. All I've done before is all I will do. Suddenly needed no one. All I've done before is all that I will do. Yeah, it's all that I. I will do 
with the strength of a bull and freshly bottled naivety that worked unbelievable mate Uh, mate that was beautiful sounded fantastic um beautiful light coming through that window just to let you know uh i know uh, you may not be able to see that through your camera but um it's a beautiful special sunday afternoon and uh it would be nice to to sit there and do this in a beer garden someday someday very soon so i can't wait to do that absolutely i don't think it's the light but aaron i think they're the ghosts of the past um streaming streaming around us if there's a way to bring them in, let's let's circle them in. Um, yeah, no problem. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, Glenn, what did you think? Absolutely terrible, Aaron. It was terrible. I couldn't stand it. Oh, sorry, Dan, go on. <laughs> now, nah, look, mate, as I say to people all the time, I'd come in here talking about you picked up your drum, like a, a poor drum kit, you said, but like I remember with mates tapping on with pencils on books and that sort of thing. I'm probably the world's most frustrated drummer. And one of right. my mates who's a very good drummer. He lives in South Australia, as a matter of fact. Um, yeah. He always says, mate, you're never too late to pick it up. So, look, I love watching someone, any musician, who says, oh, this isn't song isn't too good and we've had some great ones on the show here. And I just sit back and think, oh, I wish. I always thought the guitar bloke <laughs> got the girls, but then I thought it was the drummer. But it never seemed to be me. So <laughs> I think I might That's have to. It's the manager in the end, I think. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's true. Absolutely. Uh, really Absolutely. good, mate. Really good. Thanks, yeah, I really appreciate that. Um, that was great, Damon. And and one thing uh, I think you play is, is you seem to play or feel – it feels so effortless for you. Um, I know that may not be the case, but it comes across like that, that, that gentle guitar. Um, it's such a really nice balance. And even with, you know, not the world's best audio sitting here on this podcast, no doubt, um, yeah, and we've had we've had complications in amongst that audio uh, with different guests and trying to get a combination. So that's interesting that that it can come across so well. So I cannot wait to hear hear you play live, mate. Um, well, that's so, awesome. Uh, we'll be we'll be at one of your first gigs, we'll no doubt. Brilliant. Um, Thank you. So, so one thing I wanted to t- also touch on is is uh, one of your other shows, um, Crazy Arms. Yep. Um, and I think. Uh, I watched a couple of little videos on that, and I, I think that's a really exciting um, another uh, show that you're doing. So a little bit more piano-based, obviously, but, geez, what a lineup yes. of uh, inspirations there. What can you tell us about that? Well, it's a very piano-centric thing, and um, that was that was totally an enterprising, industrious thing of um, we were touring in Perth with Sun Rising, and I just I came across... Uh, what a solo performer might make if they do the same things as what my band was doing. And I thought, well, you know, I, I need to, I really want to earn more money and I want to do more work, et cetera, et cetera. So that's where it was born. And the idea was to play piano, to do a show um, not dissimilar to Sunrising where there's a story told, a narrative. And I play uh, in Crazy Arms case, you know, from the beginning, um, when the piano was invented there uh, by the Italian Giuseppe and then right through, you know, to, well, a lot of audiences want Elton John and, and those sort of players. I don't like Elton John, but I just, I don't know. I know you probably hate me for that, but I don't like Elton John. And I said, I said it, but um, I wanted to play everything in between. I wanted to give 
um, and understanding to people that where it came from, um, which of course classical and you've got Celtic stuff and then you've got ragtime and it goes on and on and on through a Jerry Lee Lewis. Um, but I, I'm not doing the show anymore. I've stopped it. So um, it's I'm, I will be doing a similar show to that, but I just got to the point where with that, my nerves were, were so bad that I did my last one. I did a stream in August, um, August 6th, I think it was. And it was at the theatre there in Ringwood. Beautiful theatre. Beautiful people. I know everyone there. I was Nick Carafa was playing with me on drums. Him and I do a lot of gigs together, that sort of boogie-woogie stuff. And I just, um, I just was so nervous. I can't watch any of the crazy arm stuff because I, I know the personality that I have when I'm up there. And it's, I know that sounds ridiculous and I'm bringing it back to the mental health stuff, but um, I just can't do that. So I'm doing sure. more. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn it into more of the rock and roll piano, something that I know that I can do and not the classical learning that classical stuff was mind blowing and really hard because everyone says to me um, with that show, Oh, I've seen you in the other shows and I can see you doing the classical stuff that you would have learnt when you were a kid. And they don't get it because that's how it usually is. But with me, I never learnt any of that stuff. So I had to go back and, and learn it. And it was bloody hard. <laughs> Challenging. Mm. I love yeah, absolutely. I mean, I that, was, um, that, was, that was real music wasn't it back in the day? Uh, that's for sure. But just some incredible yeah, talents. And, and, and I know you don't play this, um, as you said, you've sort of closed, closed somewhat that chapter, but, um, it's, it's still in the vault and I got a lot from it when I, when I listened to it. And, um, mate, thank you for, for doing that for, for however long you did do it for. Um, I think it was brilliant. Oh, and so, yeah, thank you. Um, you know, people, people what, loved it. It went, it went really well. You know, the, the audiences, we had three sold out shows last year with the season of that. Um, yep. really, really good, you know? Yep. I just want to touch on um, a couple of your, your album covers and your inspirations on a, on a few album covers are, because I, I see you've got a real mix of, of different influences there. Can I, can I touch on a couple, um, if you don't mind? Of course, yeah. Um, so this was uh, a really interesting one and that I see. In, uh, what's, the, what's the background behind this, The Sun and the Moon? Well, the sun and the moon, um, that's, that's a song, uh, that basically is almost what that picture, uh, resembles that picture. That's a really bad example. Sorry. I'll elaborate. But that picture was, um, my daughter, Rosie, who I said was seven. She drew that when she was three and I still have the original, um, the original drawing. In fact, it's framed and it's in, in one of the rooms inside the house this is off the house this this studio but um that's what it was i just it just made sense i looked at it and i thought wowee that is exactly that's the moon sort of i know it doesn't look like the moon but it's sort of flat and that's the moon sitting up there it is again behind the sun who has legs um and i just really loved it and and it was about a relationship um one of my very good friends had a relationship with someone um and it was just a really unusual relationship that ended the way that I thought it would and um, two really amazing people. And uh, th that's what the song was about, you know, two things like the sun on the moon, which Christ, I mean, those two things are chalk and cheese, right? And um, yeah, they got together, they got together and had a bloody ball for a couple of months and, and good on. Them. Yeah. Uh, thanks for sharing that. It was great. And great to hear uh, 
it's it's from your family as an artist as well. So I, I'm sure they've uh, taken great influence from yourself over the years um, and will continue to. So just another one um, that I saw here. I thought that was really, really interesting. Yeah, I mean, again, I, I do the artwork myself, but I mean, I, that, that one was the, the last couple of things I've really rushed and I've done that because I've wanted to just sort of, I really worked hard on not laboring on things, but my expectations of art and of work, my garden, everything, it is sky high and it's things that it's something I need to work on all the time because I alienate uh, people, I reckon, because my expectation is too high. So I just get in there and after a couple of beers and I just go for it. And that one I just needed to, that was at a point where everything was turning to shit around here. So I just wanted to make the point, these are days followed by nights. This is a recurring thing for everyone. Again, not unique to me, but sometimes, especially lockdown, we were just going, crikey, you know, this is Groundhog Day uh, personified. So that's what that was. But that was a take on my record, which I have here. And the reason I have this here is because Dave was doing an auction recently for his stream, one of his streams. And he had that one, I think, The Sun on the Moon and some others, and he wanted this one, but I only had one copy left, and I had to, I said to him on the phone, I literally had to buy it back from a shop. <laughs> yeah, right. um, and it's cracked to bug you, but if you see that, that's actually... One okay, well, there you go. <laughs> yeah, all good. There you go. So uh, that's, um, it was sort of a homage to that, that other one. Um, I, I find this cover, I think that's my greatest achievement, because when I wrote it all up and put it together, my guitarist, Dan, and great mate, he said, where the hell did that, is that offline? What author is that? Whatever. And I was like, you beauty, that's great. So it's just something I put together. It's not very timeless because it says, you know, talks about internet and stuff, but that's okay. It was a, it was 2011 and it was very poignant at the time. But um, yeah, I like that. I still haven't, there's not a lot of text you know, I said I don't want to be on a record. I don't want to have my face on a record. I will never do that. But of course, yep. and you probably got it there. I don't know. I did put my face on a record a couple of months ago. So, yeah. Speaking of right. uh, of the the latest album, is this yeah, is the latest one. album? Um, I think it's a great shot. Personally, it's oh, uh, it's a it's a really nice kind of mix. Um, great great colours. And speaking of uh, psychedelic colours and psychedelic feels. Um, I absolutely love this one too. So I'm not sure if it if it comes with the three D glasses that go with it, but um, no, I definitely need a, need a set. I'm into that vibe at the moment. That that song is getting a smashing all around Australia. I I logged into Amrap the other day, which is a thing we all need to get our music on as musicians. And the, there's a little uh, thing where it says people that are downloading it, and yep. I downloaded the uh, Excel spreadsheet. I didn't know you could. I just saw a couple of people, and it's this long thing where people have, have been playing it. And so my job is to then touch base with them and say, good on you, thank you very much, which I'm very bad at. Um, but I will do that. But I, I was blown away. And then yesterday, Friday, uh, Rosie and I uh, were asked to take a photo sitting here um, because it, they wanted it for the Melbourne Observer. It was on the front page of that, her and I. So I was really, really proud, you know, when I heard her playing drums in there just before I did that song because I did the drums on that song and then suddenly she's playing to it. My God. And you've all had those moments with the kids, right? It's It was just tears because 
you know, she was playing along and and I was jamming and just playing, you know, like and she was just playing. And I, I it blew my mind. What an amazing thing. Yeah, it's absolutely great. Look, there's no there's no doubt um a connection with family inspired music, whether it be singing or playing a musician, uh playing any instrument, I think is is one of the great moments of music personally that I that I see in any any especially in that jazz feel, especially as a genre. Um, you know, some of the, the incredible um, you know, Melbourne musicians I see as families, uh, just incredible. I, I think it, hopefully that, but that will continue uh, for many yeah. years to come. Um, yeah, it will so, be, I'm sure. Yeah. What can you tell us about, uh, about the new album that you've, you've released not long ago? Um, what, um, should we, what should we be looking for? What's, what's the... Have, have I reckon... You, yeah. The, the, the first Sorry, track you, on that. Have you ended up? Yeah. Have you went? Have you? It was kind of. I, I often talk to musicians about, you know, what they believe is going. You know, the first release of the album and stuff like that. And then it feels, it feels kind of a little bit different a few months later. And and there's a yeah. there's a flip that they they really get a feel for one of the other songs. So is that, is that had that kind of moment at all with this album? Yeah. Uh, um. I love the first song. I on that track uh, on that record I, with the one with the face you just said about the color scheme. Yeah. I really like the colors in that too. I can't stand that the heads cut away, but at the time that made sense because I felt like I was coming apart, but the first track on that, I, I really love it. And it's a second recording. I did it ages ago and, you know, spent all this money on the record, but that entire record just got, I just shelved it. So that song made it to this and I think it's better. Um, it was always meant to be a duet with someone, but lockdown happened and I just sort of did the vocal myself. But uh, I love that song. Um, yep. And the rest of them, there's a lot of stuff that I sort of rushed to get on there. And I feel I, the achievement when you get it out, when you've been sitting on songs for a while, is mind-blowing. And I, with that mindset, because I did that and with the mindset of things that I've been reading recently and knowing that what I do is I need to do it. I need to do it like I need to have a glass of water on a hot day. And so I am, it's helping me to be prolific and I'm loving it. And so I have uh, that record, but the instrumental record that I did after that, um, if you ever want to sort of, if you're not into world music or something and you want to sort of have a listen to something, uh, it's quite, it's commercial world music, but I really love it. I, I did that in three days and it's, it's really cool. I like it. And that's also getting played all over the place. And I had no idea because trying to, trying to push a record where you sing is hard enough um, with all the product out there, but trying to push an instrumental record, I mean, holy shit, that's really hard, right? But, um, yeah. you know, if you build it, they will come. Isn't that the Kevin Costner adage? Yeah, so, yeah, and I've got some great news with what I'm doing next is um, I can, I wonder if I can do this show you this is my blackboard i want to show you something again if you can read there it says christmas album ah yes you probably can't there you go that. like so you mentioned like all, uh, like, that's like all good artists yeah it was interesting you mentioned dennis you Walter know, I, before so ties in beautifully to the christmas collection well, I was meant to do a gig with him in a couple of weeks. I don't know what's happened. There was a thing called Christmas for Karens in St Kilda where I thought that was a fantastic name. And uh, and I was on the bill with Dennis Walters to play in a cul-de-sac. I need to find out from the 
from the agent what was happening there because that would have been sensational. He's a he's yeah. Well, given um, given the name Karen, it might be moved to Brighton these days after uh, the recent lockdown. Well, um, you know, the Brighton thing is. Um, I mean, sorry, the the Karen thing. That's a worldwide thing, isn't it? They call a, a disruptive uh, individual a female a Karen, and I mean, you wouldn't want to be called Karen because that would suck. Absolutely, um, uh, it's very interesting the name, the name, and where they came from, and who they who they kind of relate to. My mum was always the classic, and I mentioned someone's name, and oh, he doesn't look like a Damon. And I always have a bit of a chuckle and say, what exactly does a Damon look like, Mum? So it's, uh, I think she's seen many, many names come over the time, but um, Damon, Mark Smith, uh, you're an incredible talent, mate. That's for sure. So everyone, there's really the website. Nice. Thank you for saying so. I mean, com. That's where we're at. If you don't know Damon or haven't heard of Damon, please have a look on that website. You will spend plenty of time on it, let me tell you, because there's so much to look at. Um, I just wanted to also touch on one more thing before we go to one song and, and finish, if you don't mind, Damon, because thank you so yes. much for your time. We've gone, you know, typically we always set this up to be 45 minutes roughly, and we always blow that because it's it's such a great time that we have. And we never, time, you know, you're having a good time when time just extends. Um, That's true. And hopefully right now we haven't had anywhere to go. So thank you for being so, being so generous with your time. So especially on a Sunday afternoon in fine weather in Melbourne when we're actually allowed to go out. So thanks again. Um, but the, the night sky is a jewellery store window. Incredible long name, um, like like some of the classic uh, songs over time. Um, but what, what can you tell us about that project? Well, first of all, I need to say the name came from a Bill Callahan song um, uh, off a record when he was using the name Smog. That was his band name, and it's called Rain on Lens. It's not for everyone, but there's a lyric in that. The, the Night Sky is a jewellery store window uh, preceded by My Mind is Half a Brick. And I loved both those lyrics, so I took that. And what it's meant to be is that in this studio I, um, I set up to actually record a whole bunch of singer-songwriters, and they came in and they used the same guitar, which is that one I've used before, a lovely old guitar. So over 50 people used this guitar, um, which I'm telling you, I mean, that if you ever wanted to auction something off, like I wonder if I'll ever do that, you know, because I should have got them to sign it. It's pretty special yeah. to have that many fingers on it. Um, Absolutely. And so that was... Uh, that was really great. And we did two live performances where, I mean, I stepped away. I didn't do anything with it. I, I did play a song at the live performance, but it's because everyone asked me to do it. But um, it was about me getting behind the camera um, and getting my filmmaking chops up. I have so many films that I've made um, and I just never released them. So at least with that, there I had to because people were giving me their time. Um, but, yeah, that, that's what that was. I'm extremely proud of that. Um, I'd never get on there and watch them. I don't watch anything that I've done. I don't listen to anything I've done. Um, but now and then, I mean, with, we've got this, you know, the wonderful smart TV in there inside. And the YouTube often brings up one of those videos. So Brenda, my wife, will, um, of 24 years, she will uh, press the play button and we watch a couple of them. And some incredible music on there. There is some really great songs like my god the talent and people from all over the world mainly melbourne but some people from all yep. over the world um and i am doing it again i'm doing 
a series of interviews which will go between 10 and 20 minutes and I'm signed myself up I've signed myself up for 13 of them um and so I can't wait to do that it's a massive job I've done one already I wish I could show you but it's sort of embargo at the moment um channel okay. 31. look forward to it yeah it looks to go on channel 31 at some point and maybe somewhere else but the it's really cool. They're little mini documentaries about great special people that aren't necessarily musicians. They're all sorts of people, you know. Your butcher is just as interesting as I am, I think. Go and have a chat to him and get him on the show. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, we, good point. Very good point. We, we have a – we, 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 yeah, that's right. Every butcher's got a good story, and if nothing else, he's got a big knife. So uh, you've got to, you've got to treat him nice. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, can we hit you up again, Damien, to uh, to to play something else? That um, that beautiful piano behind you is that has that been in the family long, or is that what's the? Everyone has a little story about their piano and wh where that came from. Yeah, well, this hasn't. It's been. It was a Christmas thing two years ago. It's a, an Australian-made piano made in Sydney in 1963. Um, it's called a symphony. It means nothing. Basically what happened is they made these really beautiful pianos and Yamaha did what all great businesses do and bought all the independent piano factories around and um, made Yamaha pianos in them um, with their craftsmen people. But no, it's a, it's a beautiful piano. It's got a lovely sound. And um, it's definitely my, my choice. I've got a piano inside. Um, I also have... I don't know if you can see here. I never show off the studio. That's a door. Can you see that? Um, a door yep. going through. There's another piano in there. Um, that is a, what you call a spinet. So it means that it doesn't spin, but it's um, it's a smaller piano. It's not 88 keys like the standard piano. I think it's 74, 73, 74. Um, and I put drawing pins on that, on the hammers. So when they hit it, you get that metallic sound. So Winnie Atwell, I don't know if you've heard of her, but the ragtime sound on that piano is killer. It's amazing. Yeah, awesome. um, Yeah. But this one, you can obviously still play, you know, that sort of stuff. That sort of stuff can be played on any piano, really. Um, so what do you want? Let's do a song. Um, I'll do a new one, a blues one. It was sort of something I touched on before called Midlife Crisis Blues. Look forward to it. Just before you do, I'd like to thank yeah. thank uh, Damon for his time. Um, he's been incredibly generous on a Sunday afternoon. Thank you so much for coming on, Damon. We will we will wrap it after this if you don't mind. Um, I'd like to get you on again, mate, because we could we could talk for another hour. But I'm yeah. conscious of your time and spending time with your family on a Sunday. So thanks again, um, and I look forward to it. so intro intro this in for us, and then we'll we'll wrap it up after that. So thanks again, Damon. Okay, great. Right. No, thanks to you guys. Wow. Thanks so much for having me on the. On the show, I think it's really great. Uh, look forward to watching some more. Um, all right, so it's a pretty standard thing. It's just about uh, hitting midlife. Um, Nothing to lose, got the midlife crisis blues. 
again Damon have a great day thanks so much man no worries we'll catch up soon all right bye